Righto, let's talk cricket. Looking forward to this chat. One of many, of course, across the summer. We can't get enough of Barat Sundaraisen. Good morning to you, mate. Great to have you back on the program. Here we go again. The summer of cricket um, kicks off. Uh, I know. I, I, as soon as uh, I, I heard you and your voice again, or, or on my phone, I always listen to your voice on the radio. I was like, yeah, cricket must be around the corner. But just think about it, Matty. <laughs> Has cricket actually stopped this year? I don't know That's how, right. when the last summer ended and blended into this summer. That's exactly right. I mean, we've had so much cricket. I just had a chat with Ollie Davies, and he's heading into the Sydney Thunders BBL season. And, of course, you know, been playing for New South Wales, also played for Australia A. You, you can't get enough of it if you're a cricket lover, or perhaps if you're not, there's a little bit too much. But it's been so dramatic <laughs> as well, which, which kind of leads me to the question here around the Pakistan and West Indies tests um, that are ahead of us mm. across the summer. Of course, we'd love to have a higher standard of opposition, but you can't always get that. I wonder your thoughts around how much interaction from the Australian public will be about wanting to go and see Pat Cummins mm. lead another team and what the Australians have been up to versus what the opposition are doing. I mean... You know, the opposition of the opposition. But do you think that there's a real heavy investment in this men's Australian team? Um, I guess after the year that they've had, and, uh, you know, especially the, um, the level to which Pat Cummins has grown as captain, uh, even since the last time um, the Australian public would have seen him lead aside uh, in the flesh, which should have been the Sydney Test last year against South Africa, which was, as expected, rain mud. Sorry to bring it up. Uh, and uh, from that point on, I mean, just look at the journey he's been on, uh, both personally and, and as, as a leader. Uh, you know, the India tour, uh, I mean, unfortunately having to go back, uh, losing his mother and then coming back from that uh, and leading Australia to the World Test Championship win, the, the Ashes, which you all, we, we all agree Australia should have won. Um, uh, but they still retain the ashes. And then that World Cup campaign. It's amazing. I mean, it's like uh, Pat Cummins uh, 4.0 <laughs> from, uh, compared to what we saw uh, last summer. Uh, and also, I mean, the, some others as well. I mean, Travis Head seems to have just continued on his merry ride in the last 18 months uh, or he just taken another step up. I mean, big fi- 100 in the World Test Championship final and the World Cup final. Uh, and similarly with a lot of guys. And now, obviously, the added curiosity of how is David Warner going to end his uh, test career? And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. Uh, mm. I, I think it'll be more of that than, uh, like you said, the opposition. Uh, Pakistan haven't helped themselves with all the back, background controversy and uh, all the changes that they've made. And, and the West Indies, unfortunately, are the West Indies. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to have to see what's ahead. Now, let's get into something that you've been you've been um, quizzed about in the last 24 hours because you've had a front row seat at it. You sit down to do your Mitchell Johnson's, Johnson Show podcast, <laughs> which you've been doing for, for a while, and you, I, I'm pretty sure that you had on the on the agenda item the Gabba 2013 test. Is that what you were going yeah. to talk about? And, of course, Mitch goes and writes an article on the West Australian, the whole world blows up, and you've got to talk about something different. So <laughs> g- give us your snapshot on what you've seen and heard firsthand yeah no you're right uh look we we just started on and, and the mitchell johnson cricket show as it's called it's it's about his life it's about uh chronicling his uh, fascinating life uh, uh before after uh during uh that that you know very enigmatic career that he had 
um, and, and everything else that he's spoken about since retiring. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm 10 years since that famous 2013-14 Ashes. So we did the build-up last week, and this was about the first test and his uh, first famous spell in that series. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he uh, he kind of broke the internet, didn't he, the day before we were going to uh, record. Um, and, and I think it was mutual. Like, yes, it's a podcast. It's not that he was a guest on my podcast or I wasn't interviewing him. So we still had to do the podcast. Uh, and there's no way we couldn't have spoken about this uh, elephant. Who, no, not just, I think it's like a herd of elephants sitting in the room. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how that's how I looked at it. And I also said, look, everybody else seems to have had a word or their say on, on your article. And yes, you've made a lot of strong comments. Uh, but you have your own platform. You have your own show. Uh, so you have to talk about, uh, or, or I have to give you the option or the opportunity to talk about why the whys and the whats and, you know, what you put in, what you would have taken out uh, 24 hours on from all the reactions that you got from, from former cricketers, but also like the general public. Mm. Do you think there's, I don't know how close, I mean, we know that, um, that they obviously played together and they shared a bunch of success. And I heard Brad Haddon, I played it earlier, Barat, that um, had said last night on Fox Sports, one of the key things that he said was, A, he didn't see any beef when they were playing, but also he said that perhaps yeah. when the heat goes out of this story, and it was a really good term, I think, because as you well know, mm. when these things blow up, there's there's intense heat around them, but eventually it will dissipate. Yeah. Do you think that there's a chance for... Reconciliation, I don't know if is the right word, but a chance for mm. Johnson and Warner once the heat does die out um, for them to get together. Is is it something you think that Mitchell Johnson would be looking for? I really, really hope so, and I really think so. Uh, I mean, having got to know Mitch really well in the last uh, few years, uh, I, I think you're right. Once the heat goes out, uh, he would want to uh, kind of like, you know, uh, clear the air uh, face to face and, and you know everyone's different i think he what came across even during uh, our uh, recent recording about the article is uh, he's just someone who likes to clear the air face to face i don't know whether he's he's most comfortable doing it on the phone or on text messages so uh, i guess going forward at some point and, and, and let's face it yes i mean things have gotten out of hand in terms of how personal they are and mitch has owned up to it uh, and I think once, you know, Warner does retire and he, both of them are sharing a media center together, these things have find a way of just sorting itself out. Uh, because the, the amount of time, I guess, these guys spent uh, as brothers in that dressing room is much longer than, you know, the, the time this kind of issue is going to last. So, that, so you would hope. And I, I'll give you an example. And I mentioned this. The only reason I do that is I mentioned it on the podcast. Uh, is, uh, after he wrote the Pat Cummins uh, piece uh, last year, or was it 18 months ago, um, clearly the relationship was strained between him and uh, his former fast bowling group. And, and I was there at the Wankere uh, Mary when Mitchell Stark and Mitchell Johnson bumped into each other and they had a lovely chat. And I know that meant a lot to Mitch, uh, Mitch Johnson, that is, that like, you know, at least he cleared the air with one of his uh, you know, erstwhile brothers in that dressing room. Uh, because that's yeah. how he's always referred to them. Uh, in, 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 or he did, did so in his book, and he's done that many times on the podcast. So I, I do hope so that you know people who are so close to each other, it, it, relations don't stay strained for forever, and they, they find a way to kind of just move on from it and get back to you know the good times if possible. Yeah. All right. Um. Just a quick one. So. 
Pakistan v the Prime Minister's 11. Pakistan will bat first, uh, start in about 10 minutes' time. There's an obvious focus here. Marcus Harris, Cameron Bancroft, Matt Renshaw. What do you think... How much can you change selectors' minds or or influence what the selectors may be thinking throughout the course of a <laughs> a match again, a, a match down there at Manuka Oval? What do they have to do to step above the others? Uh, look, I, I know we all love talking about bat-offs, don't we? And uh, mm. uh, the last serious bat-off Australian cricket had was Travis Head v Usman Khawaja at the Karen Rolton mm. Oval two years ago before the Ashes. And I was there. Uh, and Usman Khawaja was the one who, uh, you know, uh, made made a few sacrifices for his team's sake. Uh, and Travis Head got the second innings 100 and he, he got the nod. But I don't think it came down to that. And we all know that. It's not going to be a question of, oh, it's Cam. Uh, it, they're not playing one-day cricket with each other. Right? It's not that Cam Bancroft makes 115. So if Renshaw can get to 117, he gets the nod. I think the selectors would have sort of made a decision in terms of uh, who amongst those three will make it to the squad. Let's start with the squad and not the team. But then if someone does something extraordinary, like make a 300 of, I don't know, 250 balls, or really does something special, even though it is a tour game, but it is against uh, an international opposition, then you give yourself a, a chance to, or, or you know, you kind of have broken the door down, then haven't you? I don't think it'll be the traditional battle where uh, one is pitted against the other or what. In this case, there are three. And don't forget, it's not just those three. Cam Green could do something special and mm. uh, make himself, uh, put himself in a position where he cannot be left out anymore. Uh, and which means that the only option for him uh, would be at the top of the order. I can't see Manus open. And there is no way Steve Smith giving up number four. No. No, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, good on you, mate. Great to speak to you. You know, we've, over the last week or so, been talking about the sounds of summer. Sounds of summer to me, Barat on the radio. So I love it. Can't wait to hear more oh. of it and uh, enjoy the season ahead, mate. I oh, really appreciate you saying that, mate. Yeah, and we'll catch up in Sydney as we always do, mate. I look forward to it. We will do. Barat Sundarason joining us there. Um, SEN's cricket Coverage right across the summer. Every ball coming away. I actually got to do a function this afternoon with the with the boys, Simon Cadditch and Dougie Bollinger. So we'll be um, parading our cricket team out there. But um, fascinating insights. You sit down with Mitchell Johnson. You're about to talk about the Gabba 2013 series and the test up there. And all of a sudden, uh, the article that he wrote, as in Mitch Johnson wrote, is front and centre. And then you get a bird's eye view of what else is going on. So the man in the eye of the storm, essentially. 0457 736 736 is our text line or 1300 01 1170. Our open line right here on SEN.